Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the first episode of my podcast, uh, Third and Long. On this podcast, I will be talking about the NFL, giving you weekly recaps on the news, and what went around in the league that week. So, for this first episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about what happened week one, preview of the Bucks panthers matchup, and also talking about the Jets' horrendous injury situation. So let's get right into it. So I'm going to start off for the first part talking about last week's Thursday night game, Packers-Bears. If there was a game that Mitch Trubisky was going to prove that he is going to take a step up and join Patrick Mahomes and Jerry Goff as the quarterbacks who have taken big jumps recently, he was not going to do it in that game. Not only was his everyone playing sloppy, both offenses, but the defenses were playing really, really solidly. Um, you saw Trubisky didn't play the greatest, uh, and as a result, they ended up losing. Uh, Jimmy Graham looked all right. Um, Aaron Rodgers, really, really, that's one that I'm a little bit concerned with because the Bears, they're a team that, you know, week to week, they'll be inconsistent to me. And I feel like eventually they're going to put it together go on probably like a four or five game run, get themselves into the playoffs, I think they're going to win that division. But the Packers are a team that will probably be fighting for a wild card spot, and they cannot win many games playing the way that they just played last night. Because if you were going to win, you know, probably 10 games is what they're going to need to win to get a wild card spot in the NFC this year. If you're going to have hopes of making the playoffs in the NFC this season. I don't think that the way that you played that offense is going to work. Uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on that game. I don't, I don't really know how Rodgers is, you know, loving his new coach because Matt Lafleur was an offensive coordinator for I believe the twenty seventh ranked offense in Tennessee. So you know. Part of the Sean McVay tree, where if he once met Sean McVay, he's going to get a job. And I don't really think that that's working out that well. All right, on to the next game. Chiefs-Jaguars. This game was more about who ended up leaving it than who played it. Chiefs won. They ended up winning by 14, 40-26. It's nothing that I don't think anyone thought wasn't going to happen. You know, I think everyone thought that the Chiefs were going to win. It just was a matter of the score. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, what it sounds like, has a very serious injury. And he had to go to the hospital and get treated for trauma, I believe it was. So, and that doesn't just happen with any injury. So this injury had to be extremely serious for this to happen. Um, but in his absence, Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins looked like almost like what Sammy Watkins was supposed to be coming out of Clemson when he got drafted, how he was supposed to be this elite wide receiver who just was going to score multiple touchdowns every week. That's what Sammy Watkins did. He had 198 yards on nine catches with three touchdowns in there. And, yeah, it was actually a good game from Mahomes. Of course, he missed a wide-open Travis Kelsey in the end zone because he tried to get cute with a no-look pass, but the Chiefs offense didn't really take a step back at all without Tyreek Hill. 
Um, it was more of the Jaguars, how their new QB signing in Nick Foles just got injured, and he's going to be out until week 11. So in his absence, Gardner Minshew, who a uh, former Washington State guy, Looked really good. Set the NFL record for completion percentage in debut and most completions to begin an NFL career. He had two touchdowns. He had the pick, yes, and 250 yards, I believe. But listen, for a six-round pick coming in, I believe that, that was pretty good. They, of course, traded for Josh Dobbs afterwards, uh, the former fifth-round pick by the Steelers. They gave up a fifth-round pick to get him. But I... I really don't think that the Jaguars are going to be awful with uh, Gardner Minshew in. I do believe he, you know, he won't be an elite quarterback. He won't, you know, be a guy who you can expect to throw out there and he'll be the guy who wins you games. They're going to have to rely on Leonard Fournette a lot. But, listen, the run game, it seemed to work out for a couple teams this week. Speaking of one of those teams... The Vikings, they beat the Falcons 28-12 in a game that a lot of people thought were gonna be was going to be a lot closer because you have your new wide receiver, Julio Jones, just got extended for the Falcons. You expect this new season to be like their fresh slate. Injuries are kind of, you know, in in the back of your mind, but they're not as much of an excuse anymore. And I'm just going to say the Falcons, as Bad as they looked offensively, I believe they looked worse defensively. Kirk Cousins only attempted 10 passes and threw for only 98 yards. But Dalvin Cook had an amazing game. And overall, that running attack, I believe they ran the ball 38 times. So if you want to talk about controlling possession in the football, that's about as good as it's going to get. Um... Yeah, it really seemed to work out for them. Uh, Of course, they can't expect every week to be able to have Kirk Cousins only throw 10 passes and win. But, listen, if they win, they win. Once again, the same thing that I said about the Bears-Packers game. I do believe that the Bears are going to win the division. But if the Vikings can... If Dalvin Cook looks this good every single week, you throw on top of that the... The fact that Kirk Cousins is going to probably be throwing 25, 30 times a game soon enough. Uh, I do believe that this team could give the Bears a run for their money. Of course, as of right now, the Bears are not in first place. They're actually in last. But, listen, I mean, if there is one game of the season that the Bears were going to look like that, week one was going to be that because they, they just looked rusty out there. All right, now going on to the Titans-Browns game. This game was close for the first half, and then you just saw the Browns fall apart. The Browns looked like they were trying to hit a home run on every single play. Now, listen, hitting the home run is good if you can actually hit it, but putting up only 13 points in the debut with your team that was supposed to be as good as, you know, this team with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham Jr. and David Njoku and Jarvis Landry. This offense needs to put up more than 13 points. The offensive line really struggled. Uh, Greg Robinson got ejected for kicking a defensive lineman in the head, which is one of the more 
interesting things I think I've seen recently, but the Titans looked like a very... They looked like a team that was very opportunistic. Let me put it that way, because the Browns had 18 penalties, which is not a good reflection on their new head coach, Freddie Kitchens. But for the Titans, Derrick Henry, actually, for that game, looked very... He Once again, he looked opportunistic. That whole team was taking advantage of what was in front of them. Baker Mayfield threw three fourth-quarter picks, and the Titans just were able to convert on all three of those, I believe. And uh, Derrick Henry basically just ran past their blocking of the offensive line on that uh, screen pass touchdown. It was it was one of those games that makes you think that in a wide-open AFC South, especially now with Nick Foles' injury, you know... You're looking at potentially four wins right there, at least within the division for the Titans, and that's not including the fact that the Texans, you know, you could hit on a couple of those games. I do believe the Titans can be a wild card team this year. So, uh, the Bills-Jets game. Now, this game, I watched it live. It was one of the few games I watched live here. But this game, the Jets' offense looked... Horrendous, And I will talk more about the Sam Darnold situation and all their new injuries later on. But of all the games that they could have won, it's a game where they had four turnovers given to them. And yes, C.J. Mosley did hurt his groin partially through the game. But at the same time, that your offense needs to be able to convert more than six points on four turnovers. You know, I don't even think it was the offense. No, it was not. It was the um, the defense, and then their kicker missed the extra point and then also missed a field goal. So you're leaving four points on the board there. Then you're going to win by three there. That's that's one that you can't have. And the Bills looked like a very gutsy team. That was a gutsy win for them to pull off, coming back down 16 late in the game. Um This Bills team looked really tough in that game. Josh Allen played pretty good down the stretch. Uh, early on, he had a lot of struggles. Uh, but for the most part, like even like his pick six, that was one that bounced off of the receiver's hand. So the Jets' defense just looked really good to start it out. So the Bills did do a great job to come back. And, uh, yeah, they're... Once again, same thing as the Titans. They're looking like a team that if they're playing Miami twice, and then also they're playing the Jets twice, so if you can get two wins from each of those teams, that's four free wins, so you're assuming they'll go four and two in the division with the Patriots. I mean, this is another team that could compete for a wild card spot there. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins, who I just mentioned. Dolphins-Ravens. Um, there goes all the Lamar Jackson running back jokes. Um, as the Ravens had 59 points on the Dolphins. And as much as people are saying that the Dolphins are trying to tank this season, um, it's not like their secondary is awful. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard, and a lot of other like pretty solid NFL players. Are they an above-average defense? No. Are they the Cardinals' defense? No. So... 
Lamar Jackson threw five touchdowns on 20 passes. Uh, two of them to Hollywood Brown, who looked good in his debut. Four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Only played 12 snaps, which was a bit interesting. But the way that John Harbaugh was talking about how his running game is going to revolutionize the NFL this year, how much they're going to do it, I think that that was almost like reverse psychology on the rest of the league in the way. Because if you're looking at it now, all defensive coordinators were worried about is how they're going to do read options all year and QB runs and how Mark Ingram's going to pile it in, who Mark Ingram looked very good as well. I believe he had two touchdowns in like 110 yards. So he did very good. Um, the Dolphins executed their game plan perfectly. Lose. Uh, I really... I'm a bit surprised that we haven't heard any trade reports for them yet. It is Thursday now, and this game happened on Sunday. I figured that they would trade somebody. But, uh, yeah, the the Ravens look really good. Lamar Jackson did good. If the Ravens continue playing like this for their, the rest of the season, obviously they won't score 59 every game, but if they can just be an above-average average passing attack along with their running game, this offense is going to be good, and the Ravens' defense is always going to be good. It's just their identity of their team. So, I do believe that this team is going to win the AFC North. I, especially with the way that the Browns played this week, I do believe that the Dolphins are going to play, or the Ravens, excuse me, are going to play in the playoffs this year for sure. Uh, moving on to a very important Divisional matchup, as weird as that feels to say this early in the season. Uh, but Eagles-Redskins. Redskins hopped out to a 17-0 lead. And then Carson Wentz and the Eagles just came back. Deshaun Jackson had an incredible game. He had two touchdowns of 50-plus yards, I believe. Uh, he had 150 yards in total. And they ended up winning 32-27. But the score is much closer than the game actually was. The Redskins scored a touchdown with, I believe, six seconds left. So the only people that that affected was people who bet the over. Um, but yeah, the this Eagles team, especially it's this game, if we're going to be honest here, it just showed that the Redskins were a team that I believe is a bit poorly coached almost with John Gruden, or Jay Gruden, excuse me. But I, I really don't feel like this team is well coached. They always get injured, yes, but I just feel like they didn't know how, like, they played so conservative late in the game that it ended up costing them because they ended up giving up such a uh, large lead to a team that really, as good as they are, as much depth as they have, this is not a team that you should be allowing a 17-point comeback to. You know, as much as they have, you know, the quick hitter in Deshaun Jackson, they're not a team with as much big play potential outside of him. You know, they don't really have any home run hitting running backs. They have Jordan Howard, but he's not as much of a home run hitter as he is going to kill you with five and six yard runs all the way down the field. Zach Ertz, same thing with him. He's not going to kill you over the top, but he's going to kill you underneath more. So they're really not a team that you should be giving up that big of a comeback too, especially when you know that Deshaun Jackson is going to be the guy that they're targeting late on those deep routes. So, yeah, that that game was just a bit interesting to me in the 
questionable coaching in the second half from the Redskins. Uh, and the Rams-Panthers game. Now, this game, this game was one of those games where Christian McCaffrey looked like he was the best running back in the league. And where the Rams looked like they were, they didn't look undermanned, but they definitely outmatched the Panthers. But they looked, this team definitely looks worse than last year's iteration that lost in the Super Bowl. So, basically, the biggest issue with the Rams here, in my opinion, was their coverage of Christian McCaffrey. Now, granted, no one can cover him. But they need to have at least a linebacker who can cover decently well and at least tackle those over-the-middle plays, those little angle routes that Christian McCaffrey loves. Because there were quite a few plays where he just ran outside free. So Cam Newton, once again, had a poor game. I feel like this is a repeating thing with him. He hasn't had a good game in, I feel like, a while. Like, this is a reoccurring issue that... I feel like it's going to be fixed sooner rather than later, but I don't, I don't know how I'd feel if I were a Panthers fan about your chances of the playoffs, especially with the way that they played this week. Moving on to our first overtime game of the season, uh, Colts-Chargers. This game was a game where Melvin Gordon would have been not missed at all because Austin Eckler looked like the second best running back in the league this week. Christian McCaffrey obviously looked like the best running back in the league, but Austin Eckler looked amazing. If I'm not mistaken, him combined with Justin Jackson, the other running back on the on the Chargers, combined for 250 yards and two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns. So that's another thing. That's an issue with uh, players holding out is you're risking a guy coming in and doing amazing in your spot. That's what happened with the Steelers last year. James Conner now, could he provide all the pass catching that Bell could? No. But could he provide the running that Bell could? He was able to fill in enough that they didn't sorely miss him. Now the Colts, for a team that is without Andrew Luck, this is incredible. Because you were talking about a team that made it all the way to the divisional round of the playoffs last year, you know, won a playoff game, and you took them to overtime. Now, granted, this Chargers team isn't as good. Derwin James is injured. But Marlon Mack looks like a franchise running back for them. Now, granted, franchise running backs aren't as important, especially without the pass-catching abilities of a McCaffrey or Kamara from the Saints. But Marlon Mack looked very good running. I believe he led the league in rushing that last week which as of right now is the entire season. So that is, that's a really good sign for the Colts that you're not too far away from once again being competitive if you're not already. Now on to the Seahawks-Bengals game. This game is much closer than it should have been. Uh, Andy Dalton, once again, always pulls out a couple of really solid performances every year that make the Bengals keep him around. Uh, and the Seahawks ultimately won it. But I really don't feel like this Bengals team looked way better than they should have, I feel like. 
feel like this is one of those things where you have a new head coach, all the players are energized. Out of all the head coaches in the last seven years, I believe, only Pat Shermer last year with the Giants, and you saw what happened with that roster between injuries and everything, but only Pat Shermer had a losing record after his first year. So it's the way that the new coach energizes the team and almost surprises other teams in the league with how they are doing. But ultimately, it ended on that really controversial fumble call. Now, granted, I don't think that the Bengals would have been able to get into field goal position in time. But you still would have liked to be able to see what would happen. John Ross in this game looked like an absolutely amazing wide receiver. I don't think that there was a wide receiver this week who looked better than him, uh, other than maybe Sammy Watkins. But... Uh, yeah, um, some of the plays, of course, were a bit fluky, like when the Seahawks defender tried to swat the ball and it just went right over into the waiting hands of John Ross, and he just walked into the end zone with it, but ultimately, that's about as close and about as good a game, I believe, the Bengals will play this for a little while now, because I don't, I don't see them, of course, with their, uh, Upcoming schedule, let's see who they're playing next. They're playing the 49ers, who looked pretty good last week. And then afterwards, they're playing the Bills. Once again, looks like a tough team. And then week five, they're playing the Steelers. Or week four, they're playing the Steelers. Week five, they're playing the Cardinals. So realistically, they could go one and four, two and three to start off the season. And that's not a great sign, but... I do believe that the Bengals do have something to build on here going forward, which is really all you want to see, especially from a team that you weren't expecting much from this season. Now, I mentioned Pat Shermer earlier, and as a Giants fan, I watched this game in its entirety. I'm very upset that I did. The Giants looked awful on defense. Granted, Dak looked amazing on offense. That offense was amazing. Kellen Moore, the first-year offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, had some very creative play calling that where he led to a lot of easy throws for Dak. But still, the Dak, once again, I'm using this word a lot today, but opportunistic. Took advantage of the fact that the Giants' defense was just not playing well. And the Giants, they gave the ball to Saquon on a couple of plays. He had that big run in the first drive. But afterwards, he I believe he only got like 40 yards afterwards. Now, partially that was due to Dallas's defense. But he only got 11 rushes this game. Which, for a player of Saquon's caliber, and for the fact that the Giants don't really have anything else, that just shouldn't be happening. Uh, he needs to be getting the ball a lot more from this team. Uh, at least like 25 carries a game, I feel like, is what the Giants should be giving him. Um... Yeah, and especially considering the fact that Zeke didn't have his usual workload, this was a really impressive game if you're looking at Dallas's aspect. Because once Zeke gets back to around that 25-carry number that I just mentioned, this is going to be an um, even better offense, if that's possible with how good they looked the other day. On to 49ers-Buccaneers. 49ers-Buccaneers, this was a... Uh, this was an interesting game. It's, again, one of those games people were hoping that Bruce Arians would bring down Jameis Winston's turnovers. And Bruce Arians is a great coach, but Jameis Winston might be an even better player in terms of turning the ball over. 
he has this gunslinger mentality. He has almost like the Brett Favre mentality, but he doesn't have the Brett Favre talent, if that makes sense. So he will just toss the ball in there if he sees someone, you know, on his team. But he will never really think about, oh, what could happen if I throw it wrong? And that led to pick sixes in this game. One of them was from Richard Sherman. And when you lose a game by 14 points, those two pick sixes come back to bite you. Because that's not only 14 points away from the other team. That's two extra possessions for yourself, which you feel like the Buccaneers could have done something with. 49ers, their defense, a defense I couldn't really force takeaways last year, looked pretty good today. The 49ers defense for a defense that only got a couple of turnovers last year, I believe it was eight, if I'm not mistaken. This game, granted, is against Jameis Winston. He's going to throw some picks, but it looked promising. Richard Sherman looked like a ball hawk again, cutting off that route underneath almost, that little floating pass, cutting it off and taking it back. Um, and it really looked like a game that, granted, the injury bug hit again with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, we're yet to see him in a 49ers uniform after, I believe, two years since his signing. So it's not a good sign. But, listen, this 49ers team, this is pretty much all that John Lynch could have asked for from this team. This team looked pretty good out there. Granted, it's the Buccaneers, so take everything with a shaker of salt, but the team looked good. Moving on now to the Lions-Cardinals. This is a game where the Lions should be embarrassed. Granted, Kyler Murray started off horrendous and came back looking amazing in the second half, or fourth quarter for the most part. Um, but this is just an inexcusable game from the Lions aspect. Now, Cliff Kingsbury had such, as he called it himself, he said that it was cute in an interview after the game. He said that the game play that he had and that the play calling was very cute in that game. And he's not wrong. That play calling was far too cute. Uh, he tried to, he almost tried to change what made him hired, hireable, if that makes sense. The fact that he was so aggressive and going to go air raid for Kyler Murray was what made him a good hire for this team, despite the fact that he had just been fired from a college ho coaching job. Uh, so the NFL decided to take him instead. But it really was a game where this Cardinals team, they have something special in Kyler Murray because the first half he looked horrendous and fourth quarter turned it on. Um, but yeah, the Lions, this is a game, if you don't hang at least 40 on this Cardinals team, it's embarrassing, because this Cardinals defense is not good. Their secondary might be one of the worst that we've seen in recent years in football, especially with Patrick Peterson suspended now. So, this is a game that the Lions are going to be shaking their heads, especially with how good TJ Hawkinson looked, because TJ Hawkinson looked... They drafted him because they wanted Baby Gronk. Looks like they've got Baby Gronk. So this is an embarrassing game from the Lions, a good sign for the Cardinals, and overall just a game that was a really interesting one. I'll put it at that. Speaking of Gronk with Baby Gronk on the Lions, let's talk about this Patriots-Steelers game. 
The Steelers had nine months to prepare for life without Antonio Brown. Look what happened. They had no clue what to do. Juju finally got the number one receiver attention that he deserved or would get on any other team without Antonio Brown. And uh, when he got it, especially against Stephon Gilmore, who is probably the best or one of the best man-to-man shut down corners in the league in terms of shadowing a guy. It's incredible, almost. Um, I'm not really going to talk too much about it. The Patriots looked unstoppable. But Tom Brady, once again, I do believe that Tom Brady is starting to show signs of age. It's just a matter of whether or not he will fully show it for a little while here. But he did look pretty good. Philip Dorsett, as weird as it sounds, Philip Dorsett may have played one of his best games for the Patriots, and he's about to get benched for Antonio Brown, which is incredible that it's Antonio Brown, but I really find that bizarre that the Patriots seem to find these receivers out of nowhere every single year. Granted, Philip Dorsett has been with them for a little bit and has been pretty good for them, but it's really incredible just to see what he did that the other night. Just the way that he played. Alright, now moving on to the Monday night games. Monday night games were both really good games, in my opinion. Of course, I'm going to start with the Raiders game, actually, even though it was the later one. But this game is, in my opinion, it was a good game from the Raiders and proved that they don't fully need Antonio Brown to be a productive team. Would Antonio Brown help? Yes, Antonio Brown would help any team. But this team looks so all-around average. This team screams 8-8 eight and eight to me. John Gruden, granted, John Gruden came out of nowhere and is now being a great play caller in the NFL. Of course, he was back in uh, the early 2000s when he won the Super Bowl with Tampa, but this is especially, especially with how much the league has changed, this is... Really an interesting storyline for the Raiders that will probably define how good they did this season. Talent-wise, once again, I'll say it again. This team is 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, one of those, you know, around that middle portion. Because this team doesn't have top-end talent because they traded all away for picks. But they don't have a lot of areas where they're lacking enough to where they'll fall into the bottom with, like, the Dolphins. So, yeah, enough talking about the Raiders. I'm going to talk about the Broncos really quick. The Broncos came out of the game, and Joe Flacco was their biggest downfall. Did the rest of the team look great? No. But did Philip Lindsay look great? No. He was splitting carries with Royce Freeman, who actually had a better game than him. Um, Cortland Sutton looked pretty good. But... Honestly, the fact that they didn't really get after the quarterback that well, I don't think that they recorded a single sack. Uh, And also the fact that, in total, they didn't really run the ball. They ran the ball all right, but they didn't run the ball nearly as good as they wish. Uh, Joe Flacco, check the ball down every single play again. Um, If I'm, I'm looking here, and you're seeing guys with very low... Averages. There are multiple guys here, four guys here with under five for their averages. 
Um, and otherwise, Emmanuel Sanders, he looked about what he usually does. Cortland Sutton looked good, but otherwise, there's, that was a really rough game for the Broncos. Down to the best game of week one is Texans-Saints game, where the Texans took a 14-3 lead into half. Deshaun Watson looked great. Uh, other than the amount of sacks that he had to endure and the fact that, you know, the running game actually didn't look that bad because between Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, you're talking about 19 rushes for, you know, 100, I believe it was 130 yards, 140 yards. That's not bad. Add on the 40 from Watson and his rushing touchdown. That's a pretty good game. DeAndre Hopkins looked about what he usually does. Kenny Stills had that go-ahead touchdown in the fourth. And on defense, they got a sack and a pick from Whitney Merciless. But otherwise, they didn't really get much else. Um, Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the Saints. The Saints looked great. Drew Brees, in the second half at least. Drew Brees, granted, he... After week 11, I believe it was, against Philly, after then, he didn't really look all that good last year. Um, Alvin Kamara looked good. He had 97 yards on 13 carries, 7.5 yard average. Latavius Murray had 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, Michael Thomas had 10 catches for 123 yards. He looked good. The biggest thing here, I believe, was the fact that they were able to get after the quarterback so much. Marcus Williams had a sack. Uh, and then you're looking here at all this, at, uh, I believe it was one, two, four, five, six sacks they had in this game, which is incredible to me. Uh, Will Lutz, of course, he missed the 56-yarder, but he made the one that really mattered. So that's really the only thing that I think you can worry about if you're a Saints fan. And it wasn't redemption for last year. But this team definitely looks like they can make another run into the Super Bowl. Alright, I'm going to talk here now for a little bit about the Jets' injury situation. Uh, Le'Veon Bell right now is going undergoing an MRI. Uh, Sam Darnold has mono. Uh, Quincy Anonwa has, I believe, a neck injury. I'm not sure exactly what his injury is, but he is going to be out for the season. Um... This is just not a good thing for the Jets, on top of the C.J. Mosley injury from last week. So you're talking about three players that are actually key, or no, four players that are key to your team and their success this year all being injured. That is not something that you want to see. Uh, Sam Darnold, this, this mono situation, I just feel like that's one of those things where If you're an NFL quarterback, you just can't have something like that happen. You need to be responsible enough to not have something like that happen. Le'Veon Bell, him getting injured, he did not look good, honestly. He looked better catching the ball. Um, He caught that two-point conversion, caught a touchdown. But running the ball, 17 carries for 60 yards... That's not all that impressive, if we're going to be honest here. Um, but overall, that that's just really unfortunate for the Jets. Uh, so yeah, now I'm going to be talking about the Buccaneers-Panthers game. Um, 
the biggest X factor, in my opinion, is Mike Evans. Last week, Mike Evans, let's be honest here, was no factor at all. Uh, he had four catches for 40 yards, but otherwise he didn't really do anything. If Mike Evans has a game that an elite receiver like him should, then you're lo- talking about a game that can be decently close. Do I believe that the Panthers will win it? Yes, I believe that they will win it by at least 10 points, in my opinion. Christian McCaffrey, this is another game where I feel like Christian McCaffrey is going to have probably something close to 200 yards and two touchdowns overall. Whether that's receiving or running, I have no clue. But uh, Cam Newton, especially with the fact that his uh, arm strength isn't looking nearly as good as it once was, I believe that McCaffrey is still going to be his favorite target. DJ Moore, uh, he, especially against you know a team like the Buccaneers where you know the Niners scored 31 on them, so this Panthers team should score a good amount of points on them, probably something around like a 35 should be a good number, but uh, I am expecting if Jameis can keep down his turnovers, this game probably will be a one-possession game, especially the fact that it is a within-division game, although it is in Carolina, but Tampa Bay, I really hope for their sake, for Bruce Arians' sake, that Jameis Winston can just calm down with his turnovers, because Jameis Winston has talent. Like, as weird as it sounds, he and Ryan Fitzpatrick had the number one passing yards per game offense last year. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes, wasn't Brady, wasn't Breeze, Watson, Wentz, any of those guys. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston splitting on the Buccaneers. And that is something that I feel like is really incredible. All right. Thank you all for listening in, tuning into this podcast this week. Uh, hope you all enjoyed. Make sure to tune in next time for another NFL podcast, and I will talk to you all later.